is the Amadon Planet Podcast, episode 23. I am your host, Joel Amadon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, I am talking with Dr. Hunter Taylor from the University of Mississippi about James Clear's best-selling book, Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. If you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, you have heard me refer to this book a few times, if not many times. And so I, I'm really excited to talk more about these ideas more explicitly. Like in past, it's been in reference to some of the ideas, but Hunter and I had an exchange. We'll talk about it at the beginning of the podcast uh, about when we first like, hey, you read that book? You read that book? And it's good. It's really good. So if you haven't read it yet, pick it up. But we're going to talk about applying some of these ideas to teaching. But a little bit of background about Hunter before we get into the podcast. He is a clinical assistant professor at the University of Mississippi who works with teachers, coaches, and administrators from across the state of Mississippi. His writing and research focus on how the effective coach is one of the best leadership models in and outside of education. Before joining the faculty here at the University of Mississippi, he spent 10 years as a men's basketball coach and two years as a U.S. Senate staffer. And before we jump into the conversation about Atomic Habits with Hunter, just a quick disclaimer, in no way will we be able to communicate the whole value of the book. And even if we did, we did, it would be from our perspective. In other words, if you like what you hear, go get the book for yourself. And again, as you're going to notice, we jump right into the content of this book right away. We don't even talk about kind of the background of it on, on James Clear's story about how he used these sort of principles to bring himself from the hospital bed to the championship team. Um, he's just done a lot with thinking about how to break things down and explain it in pretty clear language. And so we're not going to capture all that in this conversation. So if you're looking for it, go pick up the book. Links to purchase the book can be found at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 23. And that'll be a look link to bookshop, which supports local bookstores or you can seek it out wherever you buy high-quality books, and if possible, you can try to support your local bookseller in person, like Square Books here in Oxford, Mississippi. Even during a time of social distancing, you can call up and either get it shipped to you or do curbside pickup. All right, well, let's not delay any longer. Let's, here's my conversation with Dr. Hunter Taylor on Atomic Habits. Hunter! Thank you so much for uh, being willing to join me on the Animal Planet podcast. How are you doing? No, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, what an honor. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well I, well, I am honored. I'm honored that you're uh, and, uh, willing to join me and talk about Atomic Habits. And, uh, you know, thinking about this, and we were kind of talking before we hit the record button of when did we start knowing that we both had this mutual affection for James Clear book, Atomic Habits? It was at the... Uh, uh, I Carnegie. Yeah, it was the I Carnegie lead workshop that uh, I know our department did with with Oxford School District. And so you've got all these uh, people that identify as a leader in, in their different departments that are trading you know, ideas and this and that. And, and I just overheard you, you speaking with uh, the assistant superintendent at uh, Oxford School District about, hey, hey, you need to read this book. Uh, I think it would just help on uh, on just how you think on some things. And uh, it was kind of like that little secret of like, I wanted to nudge you of like, hey, I like James Clear too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's how it started. 
Yeah, it always seems like uh, when I hear, you know, I've heard him on a couple of different things. Like when he starts talking, like you just start nodding. Like you don't even recognize what you're doing. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like same thing when you're reading yes. the book is you start nodding <laughs> a little bit. And yeah, so I knew that. And that was what, January? Yeah, January, February. Yeah. yeah. So five months in a, in a pandemic and, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think we, I don't think anybody got to use any of what was created yeah. uh, there. So. Yeah. Well, I, I mean... You know what? I was thinking about it. The uh, the whole point of uh, you know Oxford School District, where uh, we're located, uh, being able to put in their learning system and seeing our, the assistant superintendent at the time putting some things in, you can see. You know what? I bet you there's a lot of uh, minor improvements going on. Thinking like, what's the oh, main gosh. goal here? Oh, yep. cannot imagine. Yeah, yeah. I want to. That's that's a book for a future uh, episode. The Learning to Improve book by uh, uh, Rick Gomez, Grunow, and mm. Lee Matthew. Mm. It's on my shelf. I didn't memorize those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just sounded very impressive there. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the book, and we're going to go through the categories. We've adjusted the category just slightly. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but uh, uh, from if people have listened to previous episodes, but maybe they haven't. So let's but let's jump into it. Let's jump into our high five. So these are two to three learnings from the book. Then how we can apply those to teaching. You want you want to go first, Hunter? Sure. Um, it, like I, I jotted a couple things down when you, when you, when you sent me that. And I still think I go back to, I think the first thing that stuck out the most to me, uh, part of the responsibility that we have as an educator, it, it went back to like his, his deal on identity based habits. And I think mm-hmm. you and I both have a heart for the people that like come into a setting. Right. And, there are all these unwritten rules uh, in society where we come from a classroom, all this kind of stuff. Right. And so not everybody's on the same uh, level playing field when they walk in a room and it's an academic environment. And some people have been complimented uh, since they were in junior high about how smart they are, how mm-hmm. creative they are, how good of a writer they are. And those things uh, kind of compound and they, and they build into confidence and, and, and when you see certain students that, that come in your class and, you know, as soon as you ask a question, I mean, they're eager to, to show that, that they know the answer and, and they want their peers. Sometimes they want their peers to know, Hey, that, you know, they're, they're locked in. They have a feel for this. I always have a heart for those who you can see golden, but they haven't received the same amount of compliments leading mm. up to that point. And so, uh, you know, some people can buy into the lie that, you know, I'm not really a writer. That's, that's not my thing. When really you just don't have the reps, like, mm-hmm. you know, all of it's, you know, one of his big things always was, uh, you know, to, to be considered this, you've got to do it. So write every day, you build in the habits and, and you teach somebody about, uh, you know, I, I see you in this way, uh, then that, is going to do more for, for them taking on this persona. Right. So like if somebody never thought of themselves as creative and and you can kind of uh, tell them that, yeah, you are, I've seen you do it in this, this, this way, this way, this way, it just might not be what you've heard of before as what a creative sounds and looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think that's the first thing that stuck out to me in this is if we're going to make certain changes uh, in ourselves. And then if we're, if we're hoping that, students change for the better in our classes and our programs 
we need to to kind of affirm certain things that we see and get them to take on that identity. And uh, I thought that was a huge point that he makes um, uh, that definitely correlated to the environments that you and I step into uh, uh, every day. So that was the first one uh, that stuck out to me. Well, and that, well, yeah, well, just to build off of what you're saying too, and there, I guess there's two ways to think about that. You know, you and I were both math teachers. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about like how we're having to do the, some of the same things of, hey, what you're doing might not, you might not see it as being part of the habits of being a math teacher or being a math student or a doer of mathematics, but they right. are like, they, right. these are valued. I see them as participating. So like you're guiding them toward this identity of, that these things that they're already doing are, are moving them to this thing that they might not see like, Oh, these things are what I would do to be a reader or a writer or a mathematician yes. or whatnot, yes. or also too, like, Oh, you want to be this. Well, these are the habits that'll get you there. You know? So it's either helping totally. them in getting to their destination or helping them see, Hey, this is the destination you could go to with these things that you're already doing. Like, I like that. I mean, the, the identity there, that's, um, no doubt. Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, or I know, or I know that like so, so often you hear, uh, especially like, and we're both we're fathers, and, and you hear this more I think from younger kids, where they say, "I'm not really a reader." You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, you are. You just like reading what you like, right? Right. So there's there's like the quote unquote to be considered a reader. That means you have to read these certain books. Well, it doesn't just. That's a lie, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and so I, I'm getting people. Uh, and showing that, hey, you love reading this and checking this news source and looking at this feed and reading this off of uh, James Clear, somebody that you're a fan of on Twitter or this, like you are a reader. Like that's, and and you're encouraging them to build that into their daily lives. And then you see that to where the more comfortable you get with what is comfortable and that you enjoy, then you do start testing yourself and like, I do want to like experiment with this book that maybe I never thought was for someone like me ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's a lot of fun to see. Yeah. That reminds me of a, there's a researcher at Wisconsin and she did stuff with like world of Warcraft and games and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't even mm-hmm. know if they still play world of Warcraft anywhere, but um, anyway, she was talking about how she did a study and they saw how the students were, reading way beyond their, you know, perceived like Lexile level or whatever it is that measured their reading level way mm-hmm. beyond it. If you gave them something that was right in their wheelhouse, like, Hey, yep. here's how you go defeat this dragon in this right. castle. And they are like, Oh, and they're like studying that. And they're, they're persevering. They're like struggling with words, but they're still getting through it. So they're like, I know how to kill the dragon, you know, <laughs> versus like if you gave them something else like that well they're not willing to struggle because there's they're lacking the interest and so there is something about that you know like mm-hmm. connecting them to who they want to be i want to be good at this thing i want to i want to reach this this goal or whatnot well what are the things you need to do i need to read through this stuff i need to have this habit right. of doing this so right totally yeah um yeah and i uh so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on and, and give one and i really like and, and I guess to back up too, James Clear really, you know, he, he's pretty incredible person. He gives a a little bit of background in a story at the beginning to talk about like he had a very traumatic incident that happened and then how he got into this kind of improvement, improving himself and going from someone who was in a hospital to someone who was achieving uh, big things on the field. And then 
translating that into his own work and his own business now. Right, right. Um, it's just kind of amazing. And so the one thing that I thought was really powerful and, and as a math person that yeah, I bet you it, it, it struck out to you too, the, the whole picture of progress on page 16 and on page 22, when it talks about like that 1% better versus 1% yeah. worse. Yeah. I just, that just really stuck out to me and, and thinking like, especially now when, you know, calendars are getting wiped clean and stuff like that. And you have this, this time, and you know, I know people are busy and know this is not everyone's reality, but that there is these open time, at least for us, like we don't have sports in the afternoons or in the evenings now. So it's right, like, right. what do you do? Are we getting better? Or are we, you know, just sitting there like watching TV all the time? Or are we getting better as a family? Or are we getting worse as a family? And yeah, it's yeah. just like the, how the, the 1% better versus 1% worse, how that compounds itself. Yes. Um, it's just kind of incredible uh, there. And then also it took it to compare that to there's the, the picture of progress. There's a, the, it's gonna it's an exponential curve it's not a linear it's mm -hmm. not a line mm -hmm. so that it's not going to be this you know imp steady improvement every single day it's going to be slow but then all of a sudden there's going to be this curve it's just going to keep going up and right right you, yeah it's just I, just the, the power of those incremental small changes and that's i mean that's where the atomic part of the atomic habits comes in right you know like that you can really make swing the difference here you know it makes me think of uh I'm sure you also probably subscribe to his newsletter. And I, and I don't know if this was from the actual book or just something he may have put on one of his social media devices or, or something. Yeah. He's but everywhere. Remember, <laughs> he's, he is. Yeah. But I remember he made the point kind of like what you were just saying, like how many newsletters and, you know, individual writings he wrote before, you know, putting things together for the book and just how polished he got just off of reps over and over and over and over and over. And so like, I think the, the lie, right, is you can see a book like this and you can think, wow, this guy must be just exceptional. And this is just a product of his exceptionalism, right? That, mm -hmm. that this isn't for me. I could never create something like this. And I love how transparent he is about, actually, this was a lot of work. This was, if you, it was the, the diagram that, that uh, you already referenced this was 1% over years mm -hmm. into building something that he cared a lot about and, and he's got a talent for, but it was work. It wasn't just, he showed up and he has these gifts. Right. And that, you know, and that gets into the, you know, maybe it's back to the identity thing. Like he became a writer through reps and it's not just, you know, it wasn't a, a clear straight, you know, greased path for him. Like he, he had, there was some struggle. There was, you know, it, whatever you choose, there's going to be struggle and there's going to be the reps that need to get put in. And it's not just going to be, Oh, all of a sudden I'm a writer. Like, mm -hmm. no, <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. not, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, the yeah. other thing I, I thought of, of like just going through this, you said like the top two is like the power you have um, as a teacher in kind of controlling or I'd say more so influencing the environment of your room. Right. Mm. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. And so like how I want, what I want to be celebrated, what I want to be easily accessible, um, uh, things I want to reward. I remember, I still don't remember who said this exactly, but uh, they were talking about uh, uh, the, the buzzword that, that we've heard so much from the culture that gets misused and says, he was talking about it in like a business culture. And he said, uh, he said, uh, uh, you know what basically culture is, 
it's who gets hired, who gets promoted, who gets a raise. So if you want to see what a place's culture really is, look for the people that get hired, promoted, or get the raise. Mm. And their values that they put on, their quality of work, that's what's really valued in this building, right? Yeah. So, so you think of like in a classroom, in, in a sports arena, in a performance class, whatever it may be, um, right? The, the kid that gets the 98 has the mm. 98 average. The one that uh, uh, is the quarterback, the one's the cheerleader, the one that's the lead percussionist, you know, those are the people that, who gets the lead in the school play. Those are typically the ones that get celebrated by peers and by the community. But the great thing that we have in control of is we're in control of who gets celebrated in our room. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we talk about what we want to be valued and, and you can talk about certain character traits from uh, perseverance, improvement, who did a great job about uh, uh, being a great teammate and, and, uh, uh, giving credit to, to their peers on a group project. This, you know, there's all things that you can really celebrate in mass. Uh, but it also made me think of, I know you do so much work and how you tie mathematics to social justice, which I've never heard that before, nor have I ever seen that emphasized. But I love how teachers take a subject and make something else super accessible and it's valued in this room. And all of a sudden, by being in this room repeatedly over uh, months, a year, I care about this stuff too. Mm -hmm. And I see other people care about it. And other people are getting involved and not just talking about it. They're looking for creative ways. Hey, can I build this that goes and impacts this community, et cetera. And uh, I love that, the how he does in his writing, he, he talks about the you know, like if you want to take on a certain identity, it's kind of easy if you just join what a group, a team, whatever that has that culture where like that's valued, like you'll take on that identity a whole lot easier. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, and so it made me think of uh, when you, when you had asked that, it made me think of the power we have to kind of create an environment where that is attractive, those things about uh, just being a good citizen. Yeah, and that, I mean, and you think like that even extends to, you know, we in that global pandemic state of how do we design our online environments, right? Or what are we doing to make those accessible? Like, you know, I could use eight different platforms in my online classes or, you know, and, and it could be like, those are the best tools to do what I want to do. Well, now I've just, you know, for the kid that's got a, you know, a smartphone that's barely hanging on, I've just totally crashed it and they can't participate in anything versus the other kid that's got Wi-Fi and, you know, yep. iPad, got everything. And like, yeah, they're able to take advantage of that. But the others, like, how am I seeing the values and the identities that I'm having that I want to see in my mathematics? How am I also doing that in my practices in the classroom, right? right. And right. are those consistent? Absolutely. And, and that kind of, I mean, so you're talking about designing of the environment um, and, and what you can do it to encourage the kind of habits that you want people uh, to have. I think he's pretty nice about that. Like even I think what was the example of like what the lunchroom and where the like water and totally. yeah, good. Uh, the good food was versus the, the junk food. And I think too, just it, what I see is like this idea of agency and um, and like how a teacher can 
you know, use what's in here and, and some of the things he's done from psychology and he's taken all this, uh, put all this stuff together to talk about habits and thinking about how we can help teach our students and how we can reinforce this idea of designing habits or breaking habits, you know, uh, to reach the identity that you want to be. And I think, you know, we were, I mean, I was a secondary, you know, so dealing with freshmen and thinking about how can I teach them agency that they have power over their lives and how can we, you know, encourage that. And like, these are some things to do that you can use to do that. Like, Hmm. Versus being a, you know, uh, I don't want to say a victim, but being like, you know, just the world is working on me versus me working the world. I think uh, Freire talks about reading and writing the world. Like I'm learning how to write my own world a little bit through this stuff. And so, yeah, he really breaks it down with talking about how a habit is the cue, the craving, the response and the reward, you know, making it obvious, attractive, easy, satisfying, or if you want to break a habit, you know, (laughs) interfere with that stuff, make it invisible, unattractive, difficult, unsatisfying. I think that that idea of agency for, you know, students in the classroom or, you know, we're both parents thinking about it for our own children. Like, how do you, oh, you don't want to do this habit. This is a bad habit. Okay. How do you break it? Or you want to do that. You want to reach that identity for yourself. All right. Well, what, what is the habit you want to create that gets you there? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful to show that kind of like that I have agency over my, my world, I guess. Absolutely. I, th- so it, it makes me think, I know you get out in the field a lot. I try to a lot as well. And, and just how gratifying is it to when like you walk into a classroom, one of your students is teaching and like the setup of the room, like it's just very intentionally done. Right. Mm-hmm. So I might be the, you know, whatever teacher, I'm the ninth grade English and, and there is a state curriculum that I have to follow, but there are going to be pockets of time that I'm going to create where I've done a great job about kind of building this library for my room and I've got visuals up and I've done my, I've done such a great job in, in contact work with my students that I, I know what they're into. I know uh, what their community's like, I, I, you know, and now I provide resources that, that don't have that mandated, you know, state test uh, <laughs> yeah. marker on them. Yeah, hey, these exactly. are available, and, and like you get to choose, you get to choose which book you want for this session, you know, for the next 20 minutes. Don't care, I just want this is a time where we're going to develop, we're going to uh dive in, and, and we're going to be a class that that likes to read. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to do my job as far as getting intel about what you're into, and then I'm going to curate my classroom library with options. Um, that uh for you to enjoy and grow in this habit yeah like you know it's pretty amazing like you know there's not too many people that get magazines anymore but you send them to a doctor's office and what do they do they open, pay, yeah. open up a magazine you know and just yep. like if it's available and like it's there you know that's part of those things that he talks about in designing those habits Definitely. um did you have any more for high five the only other one i could think of is just something that came out recently and it was a perspective of uh, uh, an alumni of the teacher corps. And the, the, the girl's name is Clara. She's a teacher at South Panolan now. And we've been talking about uh, designing kind of like a wellness challenge. Mm. For our new teachers this summer that goes uh, on at the same time as all this programming and teacher training is. And it's something that is to just like help you, help encourage people to build uh, good, healthy habits 
while they're about to get overloaded with a bunch yes. of new, you know, joining a new, uh, new profession. You got to learn all these new procedures. You've got to get reps. You're in school as well. Um, and the thing that really stuck out to me that she did such a great job of emphasizing is you don't watch it when you say healthy habits, it kind of can turn into, okay, that means we're going to run two miles a day. It turns into a running club mm -hmm. or it turns into, uh, you know, uh, we're going to do yoga together on zoom for 45 minutes. And like, those are really maybe two or five options that consistently get thrown out. And she was so great about saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. For those people that sometimes can experience a little bit of like shame and mm -hmm. not, you know, meeting whatever requirement we said we were going to try and hit this week. Like, let's build this down into what healthy habits really are. And let's make some achievable ones. That way we can kind of stack these things and people can get confidence and feel like, hey, they are taking care of themselves in the midst of all this new busy work. And so she was like, you know, three glasses of water, yeah. uh, a healthy meal, seven, eight hours of sleep. If you can spend 10 minutes by yourself quietly, you know, just turn everything off 10 minutes. Uh, like these are all things that can go towards counting as, as uh, points for this kind of like a little wellness game that we're, we're trying to mess with. But uh, that makes me think back to, I think what you already mentioned of, of, uh, of how clear is so big on just making these, these achievable habits happen. Right. So they mm -hmm. can be automated and you get momentum and then you can increase things, uh, you know, more and more. Well, yeah, that was, we couldn't have planned this better, Hunter. That, that it was perfect. Led me into the, the, when he talks about the two minute rule, mm -hmm. you know, like those habits that, you know, it cannot take more than 120 seconds to do, mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to go for a run. It means put on your running shoes, take yeah. two minutes to put them on, take them off and just establish that habit. And then pretty soon you'd be like, well, I could go outside, you know, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> or like, uh, you know, and, and what I love the definition, I wrote it down. It's the smallest action that confirms the type of person you want to be. I'm going to be a healthy person when I start teaching, I'm going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So that could be, I'm just, I'm going to, the first thing I do in the morning is drink a glass of water. Mm -hmm. that's it that's a win that's, that's a, a win, win. and yeah. that's a small action that confirms the type of person i want to be or you know even if it's not the 10 minutes alone if it's just two minutes two minutes a good start you know or i want to read i want to read for two minutes you know that can get mm -hmm. a page done in two minutes so it's um i, I love those because it is like it's almost like shame free like uh what do we call it? new year resolution right it's almost like i'm not gonna say i'm running a half marathon like no. i know <laughs> that's not me no okay. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just to say i'm gonna what every time my kid comes home or i come home and i see them or i see my wife or whatever i'm gonna say how's your day yep right that's probably a two-minute habit you know and that's I'm going to be a caring father. Well, there's a two minute habit that's going to do that. So no doubt, no doubt. Now I better ask my wife how her day was uh, after this podcast. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <really> serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Hey, how about, um, so we talked about the, uh, what, how, what order did I put these in? I think it was the, you make the call. Um, or now, you know, now, you know, yeah. thinking about something that, yeah. uh, if you would have known this a long time ago, what would you have done differently? Yeah. 
I think of two things. The first one's per, per, first one is like a, I guess a healthy habit. I like to eat. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's just how I was raised and mom was a good cook, you know, and so, so often I can remember how we would celebrate things. Oh yeah. Go to dinner, right? That's right. Yeah. And it, it's never going to be, we're going to Whole Foods. Right? We're, <laughs> we're going to, you know, the burger. There's some quinoa to, hunter. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. That's not a reward. And so it's funny of like, uh, I think of the times when I've tried to get healthier and healthier and, and here's, here's been my reward. If I can go 30 days where I've done, I've, I've, I've done a better job about eating and, and, and drinking good things in my body. I've, I've exercised. Well, I'm going to celebrate on the 30th day by eating the worst meal possible. <laughs> just, just crushing it. Yeah. Crush <laughs> all the, the work I've just done. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so I loved one of the points he made of, uh, it was like, well, let's just reframe the reward. Okay. So mm-hmm. we're not using, we're not losing the identity that we worked so hard to create. And so like, you know, if, if you've done these things, well, let's, let's, let's make the reward be an experience. Mm-hmm. Okay? So let's, uh, uh, whether that's, uh, I remember I thought he used one. that was like, if you've worked out, if you've lifted weights for 30, 30 days in a row, then you could get like a massage or if you, you know, I don't know if I'm getting older. I like going on a walk with my <laughs> wife and just like, just us though. So like yeah. if we can get a sitter and just some quiet time where uh, that's a good enough reward for me of like, you know, doing something over a period of time that was kind of stretching or mm-hmm. you know, I'm just trying to think of things like that. Obviously, hopefully when, when this period of time ends, you know, I love going to see live music or hear a reading at Square Books or, you know, just some experience. I, I wanted I want to do a better job about rewarding myself right, with with that as opposed to, you know, let's let's go get a good meal. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I like too that those things are those experiences are you know, you know going on a walk with your wife. It'd be like, hey, now you got a cheerleader for you too. You know, right. someone that's like, hey, how you doing on that? Because I, I want to go on that walk or I want to go to that. You know reading at square books or that concert you know totally getting those people on board with you you said totally. you had two though did, did you so have another the, one? the other one was uh things i would have done differently and i didn't have a math teacher like you or, or be around people in mathematics that were tying in other things and so i remember being a high school geometry teacher and again this goes back to kind of creating the classroom culture where you're just exposing a variety of things and it's a fun environment. I always thought that was just reserved for the social studies teacher, right? Or the history teacher, because they could pull in all these great characters and costumes. Mm, yeah. There are so many more, you know, books, movies, uh, science teacher, like they always had the lab. Mm-hmm. They could bring in animals. They could bring in, you know, you could do fun experiments. Uh, English, even English, I thought they had more, uh, more things that they could quote unquote be creative. And so if, uh, I would, if, if I would, if I would have read this a while ago, I think I would have tried to tap into creating uh, my classroom culture uh, a little differently than, than just, I think it was just modeled for me in a way that was you know, math is supposed to be business-like, you know, we're coming mm-hmm. in, you get your calculator off the sleeve, right? When you want, yeah, yeah. it has the corresponding number to uh-huh. your desk. And, That's right. And, and then we're going to put, you know, 
we're going to do some problems and math together over a, overhead and stuff like that. I mean, I would have reframed how, uh, how my classroom was. Yeah. Versus like, you know, I know you had a lot of experience with coaching and thinking about, yeah. you know, all the different ways that a play was dependent on the angles in which people you know, totally. do things or how area is being taken up in space. And like, uh, we've both been watching, I bet you've been watching the last dance. Have you been watching oh, the last yeah. dance? On, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just thinking about how different the game is because of, you know, spacing, right. And yes. how that just changed, you know, passing angles and what you're capable of doing from a, uh, from driving the lane to, versus like when Jordan did it, he got tackled. And now, you know, you could, cause you got to pay attention to those shooters in the corners and stuff like that. And I'm so, yeah. And so yeah. like, like I, the I'm habit a- of bringing that into the classroom could have been something you could have developed. Totally. Hey, a side note with that. Yeah, the triangle off of it. The triangle off of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, the triangle, looked, yeah. It looked cluttered to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing it now from the, you know, with everybody wants to put guys in the corner and space it out. And I'm with you. I was yeah. like, I don't know if that works today. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and for me, from my perspective, I kind of, um, you know, did something off my last learning that kind of put in the, I wish I would have done this back then. And then, you know, it's something I want to do in the future and, or have been doing is that whole two minute rule. And I talked about this on a previous episode, but just like, I'm trying to write more. I'm trying to identify more as a writer. And so like my two minute version of being a writer is like, I can write a sentence, you know, I can write a sentence a day at a minimum. Like I've, yeah. I've hit the, whatever I'm writing and I can write a sentence a day. And like, my goal is a hundred words and that's still not much more than that. But but even just having those like accomplishable goals. So I'm saying like, I am, a, I'm writing every day and yep. what do writers do? They write every day. And so, that's right. you know, and so that's something I think I wish I would have started that a long time ago, especially during dissertation season <laughs> where, where it felt like <laughs> my perfectionist side of me said like, Oh, you need an hour to really do anything good. You yes. can't, you've only got 20 yes. minutes. You can't do anything. Um, yep. And there was a good book, I think, called, and maybe you saw this too when you were doing your dissertation. It was like, How to Write Your Dissertation in 15 Minutes a Day. Did you see that book? I never had that. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it. I bought that thing. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is awesome. But uh, it was kind of sort of the same thing. Is like, are you developing a habit, right? And I, I didn't really pay attention to that book. Um, but I'm trying to pay attention to what's in this one that we're reading. So that whole two-minute rule. And just even thinking about some other things that, I want, I want to make sure I get done every day and I call it my core five. So it's, I'm going to read, I'm going to write. So even if it's one page, I'm going to read one page out of something, mm-hmm. write. Um, I want to write something. I want to connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so we're connecting. So check that one off. Uh, yep. <laughs> and, I, and that could be just a text, you know, so that's a two minute version of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to move. So even if that's a walk around the block or something like that, mm-hmm. got a dog. So that helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a uh, pray. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to pray. And so like that, it doesn't have to be this fancy, like I'm going to get down on my knees and, you know, blood's going to come off my forehead, but I don't, it doesn't have to be this, get the habit. And it's like, it comes all back down, get the habit of what you want to be, you know? So those two minute, that, that, that really like the whole thing about two minutes and those smallest action that confirms the type of person you want to be page 165 is the quote. And that, uh, that, I just love that. And that's something that I think, what are those two minute habits I can teach my students? Like, yeah, you didn't get to all your homework done, but at least did you get the habit of looking at it, open up the book to the thing. And like, that's it. Just do that at least, you know, mm-hmm. core five, I'm stealing that. Yeah. 
I, I, I mean, that's been kind of a good thing for me, especially now. It's like, okay, if if the schedule is cleared off, I know at least I got to get those things done. So yes. Did you have uh, anything else? So we did kind of the, I've kind of uh, in future, I'm going to think I'm going to collapse these categories, but so we did the um, now, you know, and then you make the call. Do you remember those? You make the call. Do you remember like from back in the day? Like it was like a, uh, it was like an umpire. I can't remember if it was a wild world of sports or something like that. It's like you make I, the I call. I a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, for this is a, that was just a reference for, I guess, older folk. Right. <laughs> yeah. <All right>. I <laughs> <got> it. <laughs> did you have anything no, but- for that? Yeah, yeah, and, and it kind of goes with what you just spoke on, is uh, trying to be a better writer, and I, and I think I have to fight, um, yeah, fight that, uh, how do you be a writer? A writer write, writes every day, mm-hmm. so one thing that was holding me up was uh, I would do everything from my, my office, and so I'm answering emails. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, if we have like a quick meeting down the hallway, I let that just occur where you can barge right in and, uh, and, you know, or for a student or, or, or maybe want to read something really quick. So all these things are going on. Right. And, and then it's his writing that uh, it's like the easiest cue always wins. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, writing for me isn't easy. So if, if something's going to be tabled to the next day when there are options on, on my desk, writing normally gets tabled uh so what i started doing was i'd leave guyton and i just put my phone on airplane mode and i made sure it was during a time where i knew i didn't have meetings or something like that and i would just walk to the library and and for one thing it's always it's a beautiful walk right? oh yeah from, yeah from us to you know you to the library and and the landscaping is just gorgeous and you walk in and i just go up and i go to the second floor and i go to like one of those back corner study tables that you see other students mm-hmm. in. and I knew no one would bother me my phone's off and the, I don't know if it was just the the mind shift of okay the only thing that I'm allowed to do at this table in this library is write. Mm. so do not open emails do not put my phone back on and, and check to see if I got a text you know for this hour uh, and hopefully in some days it's, it's two hours where you can really uh, just focus on getting better and get some confidence uh, with, with reps. Yeah. I love that. I, I mean, it kind of goes into, um, you know, where he talks about habit stacking, like trying to put yeah. these pleasurable habits on top of each. I mean, and if you've never been to the university of Mississippi's campus, it's one of the most beautiful in the country oh, and yeah. uh, the walk that we have, it is amazing. So it's like, Hey, I get to have this walk and then I get to have mm-hmm. the walk back at a minimum, I'm getting two really great walks out of mm-hmm. this experience. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a great example mm-hmm. of how you can kind of put those things together. What about you? Um, yeah, I'm, you know, just, yeah, kind of going back to the dissertation and big projects. And I mean, I guess, I guess thinking now, one other example this made me think of was kind of related to what you just talked about is the habit stacking right now. I get up at, in, you know, six o'clock ish and i you know get the dog and we go and i do my uh my bible reading is through my phone while it's Mm -hmm. being read to me and then i'll do duolingo i'm trying to learn some spanish Mm -hmm. and uh and so those two things so it's like walk the dog duolingo bible reading and it's like and then come back and i make coffee Mm -hmm. and it's like love the coffee 
love getting outside, mm-hmm. especially now the weather's perfect in the morning. And it's like, I'm learning. And so already like within 30 Four minutes wins. of waking up. Yeah. I've got a lot of winds that are going on and the dog likes me. So, you know, <laughs> so those are sort of things that I, I, you know, you kind of see like, Hey, that really worked. And so like, if I have something else I want to tack on, there would be the place, you know, he talks about, you know, if you can stack something else on, wh- what would it be right at that point? Right. right. Um, to what else might be to, because there's an excellent cue right there. I'm like, I've already got these things. I could, maybe we can get five wins right before the day has even started. Right. So yeah, maybe, well, maybe you just said, right, right. Maybe I should write, maybe I should write, (laughs) write my sentence right there, you know, get started today. There you go. Um, so, all right. Um, and I added in, a, I threw a curveball at you. I mentioned this right before we hit record, but I, I was talking about this idea of a uh, critical eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got something I want to bounce off you and see what you think. And so the point of this one was, you know, n- no, no ideas are completely perfect. Like right? we have to be thinking about what are some other perspectives to be thinking about. And so one thing I thought of, especially now when we're dealing with you know, that some folks don't have complete control of their um, schedules or like right. their uh, what's going on in their life. Like the pandemic is, you know, wreaking havoc uh, around their world. Um, and so I was just thinking that some habits are beyond the teaching of this book. Like, so if we're thinking of substance abuse, if you have trauma, et cetera, or the control or agency of the environment, right. the circumstances might not exist. Like, hey, oh, well, just, you know, cue craving response reward just go from there and like you know it's a little bit more serious than that and so you know not to say that anyone can oh just break that habit like i don't know if i've had experience of substance abuse in uh in my family and Mm -hmm. you know it it would take more than this book to to offer some things to that no doubt but yeah i don't know if you had anything that kind of a critique of some of the things or just like or not a critique but just a well, you know, here's the, here's the extent that we might want to think about these ideas. I think one for me is uh, closely related, but it is, uh, you know, when you read books by James Clear, or uh, I know you like Adam Grant as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, Greg McKeon and uh, Susan Cain. There, there's so many good ones out there that, they're writing about similar things, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's almost like, well, if you don't have a job where you really have control mm-hmm. over, you know, embedding these rhythms in, it's kind of tricky. So like if you have a job that, you know, like you're on call or uh, like every hour is kind of unpredictable, right? Uh, like how much, like it almost seems, uh, like this is something that works, you know, for professor, teacher, because you have pockets of time where it's respected, right, for you to work on your craft. Like you're expected to be a writer, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're expected to produce research. You're sort of expected to be a reader because you need to know new ideas and old ones that, that need to be uh, revealed to students. And so I just think of uh, – I would think of like criticisms coming from, you know, workers where there is like just a lot of pressure every hour mm-hmm. and, and how can I uh, embed these rhythms into my day? Uh, because this stuff sounds great, right? It sounds like a great way to live. It's a healthy, uh, 
uh, calming way to live too, but it sounds almost kind of like a privilege too. Yeah. Yeah. And to keep, keep that in mind. Yeah. But actually this made me think of something too. Like, and I know you've, you've done some work with the, uh, the football team, the championship football team uh, Mm -hmm. in town, uh, the Oxford chargers. Like, is there any of these principles that from the atomic habits or something that you can at least connect to that you've seen within the, uh, uh, the football program? And for what sure coach Cutcliffe has done yeah so like a year ago we made that like our spring theme was habits and we did a book we took the book and we tried to you know like give weekly lessons uh about it and then like every player kind of got a homemade habit tracker if you will so mm, yeah from february to i think it's like the, yeah from yeah start of february to the end of april so you got February, March, April, you got three months uh, to think through um, whether it was, you know, a personal goal, uh, you know, a, a lifestyle thing that you wanted to add, or if it was uh, a certain, maybe like a, a physical goal about, I wanted to get to this point uh, in my bench press because they're doing a lot more like conditioning type stuff or weight room. And uh, they had check-ins with their position coach meetings every week, and then they had to write out plans and they obviously can't be too detailed, but yeah. you'd have a plan for the month of February. And then you had a plan that went from February to the end of March. And you had a plan that went from February to April. So you had checkpoints along the way. And the great thing was during those meetings with their position coaches, uh, the coaches would then, you know, help advise the, the kids about, Hey, you know, you're a little off pace for where, you know, your goal was, so maybe we need to amend the goal or we need to kind of change the strategies that you're using to get there. Um, I thought it was just a cool experience for them to kind of see progress. And we, we really had to focus on, you know, getting those small wins in Mm -hmm. rather than just that grand thing of you're going to shave, you know, three tenths off your 40 in three months. That's hard to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it was more so about, um, you know, kind of like a core five type principle, Yeah. you know? Um, so I thought, you know, uh, I think the guy, I thought the guys liked it. The coaches really liked it, you know, cause they could see there was a good accountability piece to helping a kid try to arrive at his, at his, at his goal. Well, and you can't really argue with the results, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, well, and the thing is too, like what, I mean, maybe what I, you would see some people do is like, we're going to win the champ. Our goal is go win the championship. Right. And versus right. like, no, let's do something within small. Right. That is giving you like going back to clear, like giving you those um, habits of someone who would win a championship. Right. Or yes. of like, and to think like, and just from a, parent perspective like if i've got adults that are not me that are pouring into my kid to helping them identify a goal identify the habits to meet that goal and then helping them revise those things it's not just leave them alone and like oh you didn't do it or you did do it like no let's help you like uh reflect and think about how i might revise either the the goal or the i mean what a life skill (laughs) oh my gosh yeah it's like we're, we're talking about this stuff at our age and you're like man what an advantage if you would take this principle seriously at 16 years of age, you know? Yeah. And then, and, and to see if you, if you, and like you did, you did with an entire team, 
you know, you created a whole culture around that and versus like just one kid and like no one else is doing it. Like that's, that's probably hard to do versus like, no, 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 everyone's doing it. And there's people seeing gains. It probably became addictive, you know, like, Hey, I want to see some gains too, you know? Um, That's awesome. And it's one of those things too. We both know this from like mentoring people before is Mm -hmm. like uh, sometimes right? Like you mentor someone and they, and they have this great goal and they tell you, Hey, you know, doc, a coach, whatever. I'd love, this is where I want to be next year. And you're like, all right, that sounds great to me. And then all of a sudden, like you get frustrated with them because mm-hmm. you assume then that they know how to go about working to get that goal. <laughs> yeah, and so right. it bothers you of like, how come you're not doing X, Y, and Z? Because that's normally the formula that it takes to, to get to reach this goal. And, you know, and so it's, it's what a great exercise about like checking in of, okay, well, what's your plan to get this goal? Well, let me help you, you know, let's walk through it together. Uh, because this is, this isn't going to be easy, but it is achievable, but we got to have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are the reps you're going to do to get this done? Right. You know, that's awesome. All right. This is, this is the hard one. Um, so we used to do some, some for a seven-year-old cause I had a seven-year-old, but now I have an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so he started to learn bigger words. So I thought some in seven. Okay. So try to sum it up in seven words. And I don't know if you, uh, and so we use the example of uh, Michael Pollan's book in defensive food. There's a little rubber band uh, across some romaine lettuce. It looks like on the front of that cover. And it says, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. So that was like the sum up of that whole book in seven words. So I had to do that in a class once with uh, PowerPoints, like what, like what's, what's best practice for PowerPoints. We, we did something like that. So um, I don't know. Did you come up with anything that was about seven I, words? I did. It's six words. Ooh, right? nice. Just so, save that one for yeah. some, like right. maybe a boom at the end or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a mic drop emoji uh, yeah. <laughs> incentives can start but identity sustains Ooh, i like that and yeah. say that one more time incentives can start but identity sustains nice there you go so <laughs> so i was trying to i was trying to rhyme so a habit taught is a future success bought i like it so yeah i was trying yeah yeah like the little andy stanley uh, uh, and if you listen, oh, he does yeah. all those things yeah. that rhyme oh, yeah. like if i oh, can yeah. get it to rhyme that might be good oh yeah so one other thing i wanted to say given that you're uh, an experienced educator um just just given that this is designed for getting better at teaching what's the best thing you do to help your teaching hunter i read and read? so i i have taken on the identity i'm a reader yeah and that took a while uh, in my twenties to get that way. But, uh, I mean, I, I try to inhale a wide range too. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to make sure obviously that, uh, stay current in, in, in my subject area and content and whatnot. But, uh, I do, I try to read a, a, a wide range of things that can, that can help my students in different ways from, uh, for more than just preparing them to be, you know, someone that can execute a lesson plan and manage a classroom. And I know yeah. that's a passion of yours too. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it's a fun passion now, right? Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's something that, that, uh, that just can kind of, it, it's just fun to learn how to help people. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so, yeah, I remember somebody told me 
I might have read this somewhere. It's just uh, it's the ultimate short, the ultimate shortcut for leading is to read. Mm, yeah. So, uh, well, then what, what are you reading right now? I'm about to start Tightrope. Have you read that? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Who's that by? So it is by Nicholas Kristoff okay. and Cheryl Wooden. And this is called, it's called Tightrope Americans Reaching for Hope. Oh. And I know you're also, you're a, you're a big ideas club member, aren't mm-hmm. you? So I think this was one of their new ones. This okay. was one of the, the ones that they just recommended. And Andy Mullins just read it and told me he loved it. Said it was the best book he read the past year. Okay, so well, excited. that's, yeah, that's, Andy that's Mullins. A good, yeah. Mississippi Andy education said, legend, Andy Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I hear it's a, I hear it's a, a gripping read. You know, it's really, it goes across to, uh, I guess, some of the forgotten communities in America and mm-hmm. looks at uh, some of the people that are making a difference uh, in those places. Uh, but uh, the circumstances are pretty gut-wrenching. Is what yeah. Doc said. So, mm-hmm. well, and the last thing I, I got for you, Hunter, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Like, if people were looking for you in other places, I know we can find you at the University of Mississippi, uh, working hard in Mississippi Teacher Corps. But any, anything else we can find you anywhere else? Yeah, absolutely, a, a supplemental podcast resource to the Amadon Planet is uh, uh, coachingdoc.com, uh, and that's Coach and doc.com yeah there's a podcast link on there for the coaching doc podcast and and uh it's uh, a podcast between uh, myself and coach chris cutcliffe where we interview uh different people that are coaches and we define coach very open-ended uh so it's it uh but it's somebody that that views themselves as a coach of uh, of people and uh and we talk about some of their best practices, stories, and, and who mentored them along the way. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Hunter, for uh, joining me on this episode of the podcast. We appreciate it. Well, thanks so much. What an honor. And there we go. We talked a lot, and there was a lot about the book. And again, I hope you're as excited about it as we are, and lots of good stuff in there. Again, go pick it up if you want uh, through there's going to be links at and the show notes at amadonplanet.com forward slash episode 23 or again go support your local bookstores any of the resources uh we'll have a link to uh the podcast that uh dr taylor mentioned at the end there and any of the resources that we talked about that i caught we'll put links to it in the show notes at amadonplanet.com forward slash episode 23 and if you're looking for other ways to support the podcast you can Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Please do that. If take a take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you don't know how to do that, you can email me at joel at amazonplanet.com. I'll tell you how to do it. Subscribe to the Amazon Planet download, containing which contains teaching resources and updates from the Amazon Planet. You can find links to do that at amazonplanet.com. You can follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or you can like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. You can also check out the Amazon Planet store or Amazon Planet bookshop. Links to those two places can be found in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com. Any purchases you make when you go through those links support the production costs of the podcast. And in conclusion, thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Thanks to Dr. Taylor for sharing his time and expertise. Thanks to James Clear for writing a good book. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. And finally, 
Thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you have been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do.